0: Welcome back, everybody, to another No Regrets Marriage podcast. I'm Johnny Morton,
1: and I'm Carla,
0: and we are so excited that uh, you're taking time out of your day to listen to us. Uh, today is part three of the series that we did on married sex. Uh, just to recap, real quick, we hope you'll go back, and this you're just catching this one. You go back and check out the previous two podcasts. Uh, first time we talked about some of the myths about sex and counteract that with some of the truths of scripture uh in section two we talked about why did god create sex and about the purpose and took a little bit of a look at the song of songs or song of Solomon, as you may know it and today on the last one what we want to talk about is barriers why are we talking about sex anyway because I think it's something, especially for Christian couples, we don't talk enough about. We mentioned before when we started that when we're teenagers, before we're married, all we're told is don't do it, don't do it. And once we get married, people just say, okay, now you can do it. And that's about it. And I really don't think it's enough. And I think probably a lot of couples have more questions about sex and they aren't sure where to go or who to ask about it.
1: True. Um. And let me say this before we launch into this one. And I think we said this last time, but I want to reiterate this, is that, again, if it is so normal um, to have questions maybe or have concerns and not be certain if something's normal, um, whatever, and so you're thinking, I don't know what to ask, I don't know who to ask, but I would say seek out somebody that you're comfortable talking to about this, whether a medical person in the sense if it's totally relating to physical things or someone that you feel safe with that you can ask because you don't want to, quote, stay in the dark about something that really you may can get some clarity on.
0: So as we think about it, one of the things we just want you to do is Just engage in the conversation. Um, And I don't care how you would rate your sex life right now. I think as in everything in marriage, it's a journey and it can get better. We're not going to be perfect and we're not going to be perfect in any aspect of our marriage and physical intimacy is one of those. And so as we think about barriers, I hope it'll give you some talking points and some things to think about and discuss with your spouse. Uh, definitely, this is one of those, I think, that is an uh, appointment-type discussion. I don't know if you just sort of popped this on somebody real quick. No. But.
1: I think you, this is one of those scheduled times that you say, I really want us to talk about kind of where we are in our sex life. And so, yeah, you, you set a time.
0: So as we start off, I want to talk first off just real quick about Previously, we did a podcast on barriers to intimacy, and those would apply to all areas of intimacy and even on physical intimacy. And those three are pride, selfishness, and busyness. Uh, Pride often happens when your sex life maybe isn't what you really want it to be, desire to be, and because of your own pride, you're not going to seek help about it. You're just going to stay silent. And oftentimes it's pride that keeps us from reaching out to other people for help.
1: When you're saying that, are you meaning like somebody is struggling with something in it, whether it be a physical, emotional, whatever situation that's impacting that, and they're not willing to get help with that? Is that what you're meaning? I,
0: I think you see that a lot. I think you see that in marriage in general.
1: True that marriages
0: yeah. are struggling, and they don't want people to and know about it, know. and so yeah. they don't. And especially when you talk about something as intimate as sex, sex, yeah, they don't want people to know. True. Uh, so I think I think selfishness. I think one of the things we talked about last time is that sex is not about self gratification. It is about a mutual giving to each other.
1: Well, and I think you saying that again, and reminding them what you'd said last time, and obviously reiterating that, that one of the one of the um, differences that we really want to make clear is the reason God laid down the parameters around the exclusiveness of sex within the marriage covenant is because within that covenant, and creating this incredible oneness, the most intimate unveil thing we ever do is to be with this one other person. The problem is the world in its,
0: yeah, it's deceitfulness of sex. it.
1: Yes. And what happens is, though, that is self-ish sex. Right. A, that, I, kinda, that, I know. I kind of stuck too on that two words, self and ish. Yes, yeah, self-ish. Sex. We usually
0: say selfish. I
1: know. Sorry. That was a slow way to say it. Okay. Meaning, outside of the covenant relationship of marriage, part of the reason that believers feel so strongly, because God's told us this, is because you miss everything about what God intended it to be when it is truly just a physical act. There is no oneness. There is no considering of what my love, my commitment, my desire to please you in this. It's just so many times that's not it outside of the marriage relationship. Yeah. We
0: talked about how sex should be that ultimate act of intimacy. It's sort of the culmination of intimacy in every other area of your marriage. And it's only in married sex that you're going to feel that total safety and security just to abandon yourself. Right.
1: And to truly give to the other. And that's why it's so different. So when you say Selfishness being a barrier, yeah, it's a barrier. And it certainly, even for believers, can be, but certainly, yeah, because if you're, all
0: you're thinking about is satisfying yourself, right. you're missing the boat.
1: Right. And for believers, hopefully, we understand that is not at the core.
0: And then the final, uh, the final quick one we were mentioning is just busyness. We live in a world that is hectic, our lives are going here and there. If you've got children, Uh, jobs, both of you working. It's just crazy. And you go into that, and pretty soon you get away from that idea that, hey, once we get married, we're going to have sex every day. It just doesn't happen that way. And we'll talk later when we talk about situational, that you may have to get really creative to find time to really experience physical intimacy with your
1: spouse. And definitely that changes again as your journey goes along usually newlyweds, without children, that's usually some of those barriers as far as the time or the space, if you would, may not be there. But when you start to talk about some of the barriers, um, and we can kind of go ahead and jump into that, but again, the idea of emotionally sort of having, being ready and desirous of that, if one partner is needs a little more time, needs a little more prep they're not just ready to go at the drop of the hat then when you talk about busyness that is really can be a barrier because you need to have they a... never
0: have time to to get to that
1: point. really it's like oh wham bam and so that's that may be difficult for them
0: all right so what are some other emotional barriers that you think people might struggle with when it comes to marriage
1: well, and I'm going to speak from this perspective, the really the only one I can, as a female. But what I'm going to say is, for a lot of women, when they do not feel connected to their spouse, they do not feel that emotional connection. Now, this is one of Johnny's favorite, non-favorite words. Because when I use the word connection, like it talk, took him about 25 years to even know what the word meant She's she right still it struggles. Did. but basically when a female I think doesn't feel like we're connected in any other way, meaning I don't feel seen, I don't feel heard, we haven't had any meaningful conversation. we hadn't had any us time. I don't I don't feel like emotionally that part of me is being fed at all, but then we're gonna have time to go do the other. And so many times that feels very cheap to a female if the emotional piece is not there. Now, and I've said this before, part of the challenge in this is part of the way a man reconnects with his wife is through physical intimacy. It is a natural drive that hormonal changes and desires especially on the male side of hormones, usually are going to ebb and flow every couple of days. So for most men in general, there is, quote, a physical drive, desire, need to want to physically reconnect sexually. And so if we kind of cut off our nose to spite ourselves, you know, I mean, it's like, I'm irritated or upset because I don't feel like my emotional needs are being met. And so I don't want to do that. And so I put up a stop sign to that. But at the same time, some of that is a way that will draw the man back in. So I think the ability to say what's happening is really important here. Because I think for a lot of women, this is a barrier. And what happens if they don't get to a place they can say it and talk about it, they begin to feel used.
0: I think some other emotional barriers, I think some may be connected to past experiences. Yes, absolutely. I think you can get into that. Maybe something traumatic. I think others are, from a male perspective, and this is this may shock some of you females. I'm fixed, think I think they think be just, shocked. No, okay. they think, because we've talked about it before. They think it's that men are just really all about the physical. That really, what most research shows is that men have an emotional need to be desired by their wife.
1: Yes, I was. yeah, that, that is true. And if they don't
0: feel that, yes, men still may want to have sex. But especially if you've got a guy who has a lower sex drive than maybe his wife does. If he doesn't feel that desire from his wife that she wants him that can have an impact on him.
1: Okay, well, that's interesting. And so, ladies, we want to take that and tuck that away. And it, it, as you said, it may be that not that the man is not still desiring it, but if they're not feeling the responsiveness of the woman to the initiation to desiring it, then that may be a real kind of cold splash of water on it.
0: Yeah. And I think another one, other, and you may be able to speak more to this, is that sex should be feel safe and secure. And if you're not able to express, I like that, I don't like that, I think that takes away from that feeling of safety and security, because you don't feel like you can even share that with your spouse.
1: Absolutely. And that would
0: definitely be... Something that's going to be a barrier,
1: barrier to being able to be enjoy it, and I think that goes back to uh, an a way earlier podcast, which we may want to revisit here, not in the near future, is the idea of moving to deeper levels of communication, and that absolutely that ability to be safe, and the only times a couple gets to a place where they can say and share their wants and needs is when they're really able to feel safe. Because if I don't feel safe, I'm not going to share something that's that intimate about something that's desired or not desired within a physical, sexual way if I feel like I'm going to be ridiculed or criticized or in any way that that's going to come back on me. So creating that is something that's got to happen, if you would, before you're going to move into really deep intimacy in this area.
0: Yeah, that's why we often say that, you know, sex, good sex is a barometer of the relationship because it's all those other things that you want to be doing on a regular basis that really create the atmosphere for great sex in the marriage.
1: And as you said, it really does kind of tell a lot about where a couple is most of the time. All right, let's talk about some
0: situational barriers. And that's just because of there's a situation, time of life, that it's just hard to find time to have sex.
1: Well, and that could be everything from little bitty babies, that mom is nursing a baby. She is pregnant. She has a new baby in the house. And she is... Men, I, I don't know if you have this thing in your brain. Y'all have all these boxes that we don't get to have. But let me tell you about this thing that a woman has This a mama. She has this thing and it's like this little sound system in her brain. And the baby and I know there's all kind of modern things that tell you little video, monitors, everything you can see. but literally, even if you didn't have that, you know when your baby's doing something. You can start to hear them wiggle in the crib. So guess what? You're starting to think they're fixing to wake up. We don't have time for this. Or I gotta sleep while the baby's asleep. So there's all kind of seasons when toddlers are getting up, they're crawling in the bed with you in the middle of the night, they're having nightmares, Um, there are times of surgery, sickness. Um, So there's all kind of situational things that do require us, one, to give grace and patience, but to get creative about when we might can schedule some of that.
0: Yeah, and before we get to the scheduled sex, I think some other situations um guest in the house your in-laws are staying with you for a while
1: an extended period yeah Yeah.
0: an extended period uh you're in a situation where your work schedules are opposite somebody's working nights and they're doing days and your ship's passing the night your job keeps you out of town for extended periods of time you think especially in terms of people who are sales and travel a lot or even the military when you're
1: stationed yeah
0: and so those are obviously things that you have to talk about, create boundaries, especially for those kind of situations, but then go like you do. I know we want to think that sex needs to always be spontaneous and just happen. And that's awesome. And that's great. But the busier life gets and gets, and especially with children, scheduled sex is okay. In and, fact, it can be a really, really good thing.
1: Yeah, and when I think we've mentioned this before, the idea that sometimes there's the anticipation of, hey, what about X time tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon, Saturday morning, whatever it is that you begin to mentally look, prepare, think about. And so I think you want to think about if your answer has to be no, not tonight, not now, I'm tired. Your mother's here. Whatever, whatever. I mean, you know, whatever that looks like. Then maybe the idea is okay, but when? And yeah. so
0: Don't be, don't let it be a complete shutdown, but just say, "Hey, listen, I'm just really I'm wiped out tonight, but I would love to tomorrow I'd
1: night, love to schedule a meeting with
0: night. you. Yeah, you got that. And so figure out what it is that's going to work for you. Here's one of the craziest things I remember here and this is somebody that they're in-laws happen to be staying with them for an extended period of time. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's a need. I think they're even staying, like, in the bedroom next door. And oh, that gosh. makes it really, really strange. <laughs> um, they went and rented a hotel room.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. If you
0: want privacy and want to make sure to get it, okay. That's you kind can of fig- exciting, though. Yeah, it is. You, well, you can figure out it. a way, but you got to talk about it.
1: Yes, you do. And, and think about... Um, how unfortunately we think of something that's illicit happening that way, right? Yeah. And instead of it being with your spouse, it how can cool be is that? Yeah. Okay. So situate. So we've said we've got emotional barriers, potentially you've got to acknowledge, be aware of. Yeah.
0: Emotional barriers sometimes have to do with how your relationship may need. Right. You got to work that out. Situational it's just where they are. It may not be forever. It may just be for a season, for a period, but it may just need to talk about, hey, how can we this is a need we both have. It's an important need in a relationship. You don't want to just let it slide. And so you just got to figure out how we're going to make this work. Yes. Um let's talk about the idea how triggers can be a barrier to sex. And I think there's a couple of different ways of this. One, we we mentioned before that there may be something associated with your past. And it may be that a certain touch, it could be everything from you know, a, a tone of voice or something you say. Even
1: even a, a a term of endearment or something that's supposed to be. Yeah, we heard a story
0: about that recently.
1: You know, or, or something that's supposed to, you know, be um pursuing your mate. But the way that is said, all of a sudden triggered something that's really painful from the past.
0: And, and one of the things that uh, that we really encourage, especially couples, when you're engaged and getting ready to get married, you know, I think that your partner has a right to know about your past and your sexual experiences because oftentimes those come into play in the relationship. And especially if there's been any kind of abuse in your past, that's often is going to come to play in your marriage. And that's one of those things that you may need counseling. There's definitely need to talk to somebody, but your spouse ought to be aware of that so they can sit there and really protect that aspect. And a lot of times, unfortunately, as we've talked about before as hot buttons, sometimes these triggers, we don't know about them until they just happen.
1: You don't know until you hit it. And so the more you can be proactive about that, the better. Because unfortunately, there could be things that happen that the person themselves is not even aware of. But what you are aware of, you want to try to own and deal with. Yeah,
0: and, and I, one more thing I want to say about triggers, because I know all we, the way we just talked about triggers, I mean, they may be some really serious bad things past or something else. Sometimes the trigger in that is just, in, man, tell me if you've been in this situation before you're in bed with your wife, you're ready, you're raring to go, and and you're so focused on her because men tend to be single-focused linear. And all of a sudden, in an intimate moment, she comes out with, I wonder if I turned off the iron. Did I turn the dryer on? (laughs) Uh, Oh, did I tell you about this This that's happening tomorrow? There is nothing that might be a trigger to kill the mood than something like that and sometimes you women with everything going on in your brain and everything connected that can be a trigger and that can just make the man just literally hey, deflate
1: well and uh, you yeah okay I, I hear you we hear you all right and and that's a good point one more point around the idea that generally we've said this a bunch in general women multitask they have multiple things going on in their brain mind and heart at all times and the problem is many times they're doing that and there are things that are happening in their brain this is where sometimes schedules sometime prepared so mentally and emotionally they can sort of get themselves ready and so sometimes that's a real benefit to that just because of what you mentioned allow their brain to go where they want it to go.
0: All right, let's talk about the last barrier, and that is when the barrier itself is a physical issue. Uh, right off the top of the bat, let's say pregnancy. She's eight months pregnant. That might be a barrier.
1: Yeah, sometimes uh, post not. Some Post-delivery. Yeah.
0: That could be a physical a, barrier. It
1: should be a little bit of a break in time, but okay, yes. And,
0: and so I know that. And talk about it, but then just realize that those can be things. Now, there's other things that when sex is actually painful. Yes. And that can be on both parts.
1: Yes. Generally speaking, that's probably more, there are more reasons that from a a medical perspective, physical, the body perspective, that a woman would have issues around that. And it is very common way more common than you would realize. There are multiple reasons physically why a woman might experience discomfort with sexual intercourse. And there's lots of things that can be done, helpful treatments, depending on what the underlying issue is. And so it really can be very common. And so Again, for a female, don't delay talking about that with your physician. And being in healthcare, I've been been in women's health a lot of years. I would love to say that we do a fabulous job saying to a female patient, tell me if you're having any issue with this, this, and this. That may or may not always be the case when you see a provider, and I realize it probably should. But when it's not, you need to be going to see someone that you are comfortable with bringing those things up to
0: some other things that are might be considered physical hey just fatigue you're tired you're worn out uh stress especially men if, if they're having problems if suddenly their sex drive just totally bottoms out if they're having issues with impotence they just you know they can't get aroused Oftentimes, it's stress that can be a huge contributor to that, as well as other things. And men, just as well as women, if you see a change in the way things normally are, again, don't let pride keep you from going and talking to your doctor and finding out and just say, hey, something's changed. Something's going on here.
1: Well, again, I think that's that awareness, like you said, and the safe place to be able to say, is something going on? Has something changed? Are you feeling a certain way? Is there anything you want to need to share with me? That kind of thing. But like you said, we may have to give grace and time sometime if somebody's just in a really hard place physically um, with some of that stress or something else going on that's really impacting it.
0: Yeah, and outside and for us, one of the per- a personal thing is one of the things that impacted was medications. Oftentimes, I know i had gone on to a certain medication and it had an impact on that part of our relationship, the physical intimacy part.
1: And there can be a number of the SSRIs, which are a, a medication category that a lot of people use for depression, um, that can have that effect. And so, again, I'm not saying we don't treat the depression. We need to if it's there no, many but times. but then
0: talk to your doctor. See if you can go on a different medication or, or, yeah, that may have I mean, that impact.
1: Again, you need to be, again, talking about those things because they definitely impact. And so what we've
0: done today is we want to—God's given us this incredible gift of sex and marriage. It ought to be awesome. It ought to be fun. It ought to be something that binds a husband and wife together together in a, in a way that not a lot of other things can physically emotionally even spiritually we mentioned before at the end of the last one that sex itself can be an act of worship but it's one of those things hey you need to talk about it even if it's really good it can get better and so make it a point to begin to talk with your spouse about sex even just the question of do you Are like you it <laughs> do you, you like enjoy it, it? Is it good? Is it satisfying to you? Oh, yeah. Are there any problems? Can I do things better? What do you like? What don't you like? And then, especially if you find that there's any of these barriers, boy, that is a place that you need to start a conversation about those things. Absolutely. So, any last words of advice when it comes to the idea of sex?
1: No, but again, like you said, it is somewhat the culmination. It's the cherry on the top. It does give a real indication sometime of where the rest of the relationship is. But man, don't ignore it. Again, it is a gift that just continues to change and evolve as you journey in your marriage. But again, be mindful of it.
0: And so I guess last thing I would say, just like we do in every aspect of your marriage, and it may sound a little strange when it comes to sex, but just keep on forging.